Blessed be the name of the Lord. Part two, acts of Yeshua's emissaries. We are all God's emissaries today. We're to go out there and proclaim the good news. Acts of Yeshua's emissary, Shalakim, chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. One day you and I will be sitting down and visiting with and hearing from Apollos. To many of us, this is just a name that's written in a book. This man lives today in heaven. When he died, you know what's amazing? The scripture does not even record when or how he died. But he lived for Messiah. He was transformed. And he went forth and he built the kingdom. All of us have an integral part in building God's kingdom today. God has equipped each one of us with certain giftings. And the spirit of living God desires to give us full knowledge what those giftings are and for us to walk therein. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's begin in verse number one. While, while Apollos was in Corinth, and I mentioned this many, many times, get maps, follow along. Because you know what? Today, we will just call him Anthony. Let's say if the Spirit of the living God spoke to a believer named Anthony in the state of Minnesota today and said, I want you to go to Wyzetta. And I want you to proclaim the good news. See, the Spirit of the living God is speaking to us today. Let's go forward here. While Apollos was in Corinth, Shaul, Paul, completed his travels through the inland country, and he arrived at Ephesus, where he found a few Talmudim. See, along this journey, he was seeking out others to whom he could plant the seeds of God's word in people's hearts, and expound upon it, which then would produce what? Growth. Them drawing closer to the knowledge of knowing who the promised Messiah was. Think about this. For centuries, the Jewish people had been looking forward for the coming of the Messiah. And now he's come. Some of the people missed it. And so they had to get receive the revelation from both now Apollos and Shaul, that Messiah has come. God's redemption plan has come. It's for you, and not only for you, but for your whole family. Let's go forward. Where he found a few Talmudim, that's disciples, he asked them, did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh? Did you receive the Holy Spirit. See, this is after a period of time of getting to know them, breaking bread with them, 
It doesn't give us all the details. How many weeks? How many days? How many months did Rav Shaul spend with these two, these individuals here? He was investing his life in these people. So he asked them this question. Did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh when you came to put your trust? Trust in Yeshua. No, they said to him. We have never, ever heard that there is such a thing as the Ruach HaKodesh. See, they were not aware. I believe this, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, was preparing their hearts for them to even be asked this question. And out of the integrities of their heart, what did they say? We haven't even heard of this. This is brand new revelation. But you see, there had been time spent where there was built of trust between Rav Shaul as he opened up the Tanakh, the Torah to them, and they would have discussion. And step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, their eyes were beginning to open. And there was a trust that what they were receiving from Rav Shaul was true. And so now, at the appointed time, when the Spirit of the living God tells Rav Shaul, and we don't get, get all those details here, because why else would he ask them this question? See, because Rav Shaul, the Spirit of the living God, dwelled within him. And he was able to recognize by the Spirit to give him discernment whether or not someone had received the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God. So is it potentially for people to come to know Messiah and be saved and their names to be inscribed in the book of life? Yes. And is it also possible for them to not have even heard of the Ruach HaKodesh and they're still equal brothers in Messiah? Yes. And is this important for the Spirit of the living God to be teaching us right now today as he taught these Talmudim that had not received the Ruach HaKodesh? They had been immersed in, in water. They came to put their trust in Yeshua as being the Messiah. But there was one thing lacking here. Have you not met in your journey in living for Messiah, believers that had so much revelation of what God's word says and were walking in the fullness and rejoicing in the Lord up to a point. But there's yet more of God for them to receive, to receive his rule. Did not Yeshua say to his Talmudim, before he even died and rose from the dead, he breathed on him and he said, now receive the spirit. But that reception of the spirit was temporary, just as it was in the Tanakh, 
we see where there are different individuals in the Torah that the spirit of the living God came upon them for a period of time. Remember when King Saul and he's being tormented by these evil spirits, that God sent a young man to him that played musical instruments, that sung praises unto God. That was his spiritual gift. So we see examples here in the Torah. And I know this, these Talmudim were probably aware of the life of King Saul. But remember this, they don't have a copy of scrolls in their home. You had to be astoundingly wealthy to have even a copy of the Torah. So in most cases, the only place where there was a copy of the Torah scrolls were where? But in a synagogue. And when the people heard the Torah reading, as like we heard today in commentary on it, they would sit there and their full focus would be on what? The words that were being shared. As that person unrolled the Torah scrolls and read the assigned reading for that week. And they began to memorize. Why? Because they did not have the opportunity to have a copy of the scrolls. And you know, we are so enriched. And those who are listening on the podcast, I'm lifting up a copy of God's word, the Bible. We are so enriched. So let's move forward here. We have never heard that there's such a thing as the Ruach HaKodesh. In that case, he said, into what were you immersed? Have you read that scripture? And then stopped and thought, wait a second. What immersion is he talking about? An immersion that putting your trust in Yeshua and acknowledging him as your redeemer, you went there then to a pool of water or a mikvah, and you went underneath the waters, and you came up, putting your trust in Yeshua. Let's go forward here. In verse 3, in that case, he said, into what were you immersed? We were immersed in what? In Yohanan. All right? These people were, where Rav Shaul is ministering here, where are they? They're in Ephesus. They're not in Israel. So these, we can then perceive that these at one time were our Jews who went to the land of Israel and came across Yohanan, John, most of us know him by the name of John the Baptist. And they heard him proclaim, calling the nation of Israel to repentance. And they went under the waters of immersion. And Yohanan, nowhere in scripture does it say that he ever went to Ephesus. Do we ever look deeper into the scripture? 
to see that these, when the spirit of living God names a certain place, there's a reason behind it. Because I've read this scripture through the years, but I did not connect the dots. Because I was focused on other portions that are, that is revealed in this scripture. So their own words, this is their own testimony, which we believe is true. Into what were you immersed? Into the immersion of Yohanan, John, they answered. Let's move forward to verse 4. Shaul said, Yohanan practiced an immersion in connection with turning from sin to God. We need to pause because many times we just run ahead. So what was Yohanan proclaiming to the nation of Israel? You are all sinners and you need to turn to God and confess your sin. And when they came to Yohanan, John, for them to go underneath the waters of immersion was to acknowledge that they have gone off the path of walking and serving God. They've gone their own way. And think about this. There were Pharisees. There were scribes. There were common people living in Israel at that time. Would travel all the way because it was told to them there was a prophet from God by the Jordan River. And he's calling us all to do what? Teshuva. What have we just recently done in celebrating these high holidays? The preparation, the call to do Teshuva, get right with God. See, this was interwoven in the fabric, in the psyche of all Jewish people. See, Christianity as a belief has not come into existence. And so with this, this form of Judaism called the way, which allows those from the nations to be grafted in, but who must be grafted in it into God's truth and God's way? But those who are Jews, they have been chosen as a nation to be a light to what? To the nations. Let's go forward here. Verse 4. Shaul said, Yohanan practiced an immersion in connection with turning from sin to God. But he told the people to put their trust in one Who's coming after him? Now we got to pause because we have to kind of put ourselves in the place that just a few moments ago, these individuals had never heard about the Ruach HaKodesh. But the Spirit of the Living God is speaking to their hearts and saying, These words that are proceeding from Rav Shaul's mouth are truth. 
God's truth. This is the way. This is the next step. Even though that you were not aware of it. I've sent him to you so that you would be walking in the full truth of what God's word says. Let's go forward here. But he told the people to put their trust in the one who would come after him. Because there were people while Yohanan, John was living, they asked him, are you the Messiah? And you know, many times we forget the significance of that. The redeemer of the world was to come from the Jewish nation. From the tribe of Judah. This is all being revealed. Step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept. Let's move forward here. But he told the people to put their trust in the one who would come after him. And can you imagine their anticipation? Because many of you who come from a Gentile background, you cannot sense this anticipation here. The promised one, the Messiah, he's come? Where is he? Let's continue. But he told the people to put their trust in the one who came after him, that is Yeshua. Let's move forward to verse 5. On hearing this, they were immersed into the name of the Lord Yeshua. Next step. Because Rav Shaul is immersing these individuals. Remember this, they're 12 individuals, so it takes a little time. They come through, they come out of the waters, and nothing changes. What do we notice when Yohanan had allowed for Yeshua to go underneath the waters of immersion, he rose up? What does the scripture say? That the spirit of living God came upon him. Some translations say, landed on his shoulder. They appeared like a dove. And did not Yohanan hear the voice of God say these words? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But notice here in the scripture, these men underwent the water of immersion in Yeshua's name. They rose up but nothing happened other than them going underneath the waters of immersion. Let's now look a little closer here. Verse six. And then Rav Shaul placed his hands on them. Does not say that he prayed, but I believe he prayed. The Ruach HaKodesh, 
came upon them. See, Rav Shaul did not bring the Ruach HaKodesh upon them. He simply laid his hands upon them. I believe pray. He prayed for them. Then the Ruach of his own desire and plan came upon these men. If you read in the Torah, the Tanakh, it talks about certain individuals when they were building the ark and creating the ark of the covenant. The spirit of the living God came upon certain individuals that had certain artistic gifts. And when the spirit of the living God came upon them, they were filled with the spirit to accomplish what the spirit of the living God was doing. Following the exact copy of what Moshe received on Mount Sinai about the Mishkan and the altar. Everything, the ark, everything came through the Ruach, the spirit of the living God. And know this, we cannot build God's kingdom even today if not the spirit of the living God comes upon us and equips us and gives us instruction, wisdom and knowledge how to build the Father's kingdom. I'm not talking about building buildings here. I'm talking about causing by the spirit of the living God people becoming temples of the God Most High. Where does Yeshua's spirit dwell today? In a building? No, he dwells within the living temples of God the Father through his son Yeshua with the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh. This is a divine and holy thing. But you know what? We read these scriptures and many times we miss these things. This is a great significance. Let's go back to verse 6 here. And when Shaul placed his hands upon him, them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them so that they began speaking in new tongues and prophesying. Did Rashaul say, okay, now guys, I want you to just start muttering something out of your mouths. And whatever comes in your head, just say it. What does the scripture reveal here? This was the spirit of the living God doing this. And what was the evidence that they had received the spirit of the living God? Let's, you read for yourselves. Verse 6. When Shaul placed his hands upon them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them so that they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Who gave them the ability to speak in these tongues, in these languages? And this wasn't just blattering, idiotic sounds. These were languages. God doesn't have us run to and fro acting crazy. This was a gift. So they're both speaking in tongues and they're prophesying. Have you ever read in the Torah when those 80-some elders came with Moshe and they sat with him? 
that they began to, they were slain and they, they were filled with the spirit and they begin to do what? They begin to do prophesy. Now think of a prophet in the Tanakh, the Torah. When they were dictating to a scribe that was sitting next to them, or they were writing out in these scrolls as the spirit of the living God descended upon them. Think of Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zechariah. You fill in the blank. It was the same thing. The spirit of the living God came upon them. They received divine revelation. And either they wrote or they spoke. Because there's recordings in the talk of these different prophets walking before the kings of Israel and other kings. And just speaking out God's word. There's no difference here. See, when the spirit of the living God moves and does certain things, it's already recorded the foundation stones. There's record in the Tanakh and Torah. And that's why I, 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 I'm, I'm disappointed when people do not read the Torah. Because if you're looking for confirmation, you go to dreams and somebody gives a prophecy way over here, you're, you're more likely to trust that than what is written in God's word of how the spirit of the living God operates. See, these things are written there for us to see and for us to have litmus tests of proof of how the spirit of the living God operates. Way back during the times of the patriarchs, up to the time when Yeshua walked this earth, upon the time of Rav Shaul, up to our present time and beyond. Let's go forward here. In all, there were about 12 of these men. Isn't it beautiful that we know how God operates? We know his true character. What does it say about God? He cannot lie. And when Yeshua came and he lived out his life on this earth for 33 plus years, he said this, what you see me do is what I see my father doing. He came to reveal the father. So who today, who are we to reveal? But Yeshua and the father's will. His redemption plan. That is our full focus. That's why God allows you to continue to live upon this earth. And occasionally he surprises us when he takes someone home. Out of the blue. They're, they're taken home to be in his presence. But what should our focus be on? We're to grieve. We're to acknowledge that their presence was with us. But to know this, they immediately, when they die, they go into the presence of the Lord. That their work on this earth has been accomplished. So what should our focus be today? What's going on around us? Or are we looking for the redemption of all mankind? See, Rav Shaul had to leave Israel. He had to leave Tarsus. 
He had to go in very uncomfortable places, face hardships, beatings, whippings. Are we willing to do the same today? See, that's what a true servant of God Most High is doing. They're going and they're proclaiming God's word and building the Father's kingdom. You know, in Scripture, it says that we are all, not just the rabbis, the Messianic pastors, whatever, but we are all to make Talmudim, disciples. That's for all of us. Let's dig a little bit deeper here. In verses 1 through 7, this is a very special group that is considered here. Those like Apollos, remember Apollos in Acts 18.25? He did not receive the baptism in the Spirit. He was up to the point, just as these 12 men were, where he was born again. He put his trust, they put their trust in Yeshua being the Messiah. They went through the, the immersion waters of Yohanan, but they had not been fully equipped with receiving the giftings of the Spirit. And I tell you this, the gifting of the spirits is not just prophesying and not just speaking in tongues. Let's move forward here. He had known Apollos of God's involvement in salvation history up to the time of Yohanan, the immerser, but had also known of Yeshua. And after instruction, and you know what? Who, is, who are the two that, that, that instructed him? Priscilla and Aquila. See, Roshua said, these people I endorse. So when I look at you folks here, you are the people that I endorse to go forward and make Talmudim. Please understand, I don't say that I'm an equal to Rav Shaul. But I'm saying this, that you have the ability, being filled with the Spirit of the living God, to go forth and make Talmudim, just as Priscilla and Aquila did. And to bring scripture before people, to lay it out precept upon precept, and to build God's kingdom. Let's go forward. Thereupon the Ruach HaKodesh, of whom they had never heard of, visits them in power with such charismatic phenomenon as were manifested in the 120. Remember the 120 in Acts chapter 2, verse 4? When Yeshua said this, don't go anywhere until you've received the gift of the Father. But you know what a lot of congregations are trying to do today? They're trying to use gimmicks. They're trying to study society and implement how to be more of a friendly place for people to be as sinners where there's no effect. That's why today in most congregations, they don't preach about Yeshua's return, the rapture. They believe this, that they're going to Christianize the whole known world. Is it working? 
They're not focused on God's prophetic word. They believe that the book of Revelation was fulfilled in AD 70. That's where the majority of the body of Messiah right now is believing a lie. They're walking in deception. They're missing God's ordained call upon their lives because they don't read the Bible anymore. They just run around. Who's got this brand new revelation? Oh, I heard this dream and all this other nonsense. But what is the spirit of living God? He is looking to and fro upon this earth of believers where he can pour himself into, fully equip them, and build God's kingdom. See, nothing has changed. See, there's deception that has been going into the body of Messiah from the time of the book of Acts up to today and beyond. But we're, what are we to be focused on? God's formula, not man's formula. If you notice that it was up to up to 300 before there were large congregational fellowships. Most of them were small. And as we get into the book of, of Romans and others in the future, you'll recognize that. The only large places where believers could meet with non-believers was a local synagogue. They weren't going to the pagan temples. Because where was the word of God but in the synagogues? And Rav Shoal knew that. So when he went there, he said, hey, I don't need to, to carry around these scrolls with me. I will simply enter into the synagogues and I will proclaim the good news, the revelation that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. He's come. He's died. He rose again. And let me tell you about him. Let's move forward here. Let's go back now to Acts chapter 8. Shaul went into the synagogue. Really? That's what the scripture says. He didn't go into the First Baptist Church, Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church, a Seventh Presbyterian Church. He went into the synagogue. Why? Because there were no churches. A lot of people get upset when I talk about things like that. But that's reality. Verse number 8. Shaul went into the synagogue. And for three months he spoke out boldly, engaging in dialogue and trying to persuade people about the kingdom of God. But some began hardening themselves. Notice that. What are they hardening themselves to? The message that Rav Shaul was sharing. They had literally had to say to themselves, I don't believe it. Put their fingers in their ears, la 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 la. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to receive this message. Sometimes we've got to be a little bit humorous, and I'm not the greatest comedian there. So let's go forward. But some began hardening themselves and refusing to listen. Satan has them right where he wants them. 
in deception. The light of truth is being proclaimed to them, but they choose to harden themselves. Who in the Tanakh do we read of, of an individual receiving words from a true prophet of God, and he begins to harden himself to the truth? Things that he can actually literally see and experience. Pharaoh. Let's go forward here. Verse 9, but some began hardening themselves and refusing to listen. And when, this, and when these started defaming the way, saying, oh, that's, that's just nonsense. The Messiah hasn't come yet. He's not Yeshua. That's all just a big lie. Defaming the way. Before the whole synagogue, Shaul, instead of digging in, and debating and fighting and butting heads, the spirit of living God begins to speak to him. Time to move on. It says here that he withdrew and he took the Talmudim with him. Those who had received the revelation of that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit even existing, went through the waters of immersion in Yeshua's name not the immersion of Yohanan, that prepared them to receive God in his Messiah, the one yet to come. And then later for Rav Shaul to place his hands upon him, and then the Spirit of living God to say, well, I'm going to pour myself upon them, and I'll give them evidence that I've come upon them in speaking of tongues, languages that they've never known, and prophesying. What are they prophesying? They were speaking about the things of God. Because when a true prophet of God speaks, he does not speak about himself. He does not self-proclaim himself. Say, oh, you got to buy my prophetic book here, my tapes, my CDs. He doesn't do that. He prophesies about God's redemption plan, which is free to all people. Did not Yeshua say to his Talmudim when he sent them out in larger groups than 12? Freely have you received Freely give. Don't, don't take a money purse with you. Don't take an extra pair of sandals. Just simply go and walk in the Father's provision. What are we to do today? Walk in the Father's provision. Let's go forward here. Shaul withdrew and took the Talmudim with him and commenced holding daily dialogues in Tyrannus's yeshiva, some of you have it, his school, all right? So there's dialogue, there's give and take. See, Rav Shul doesn't go face to face and say, you got to believe what I tell you, and that's it, you know? But he takes dialogue. He listens to what they have to say. There's dialogue, there's relationship. See, he's not out there just passing off tracks on the street corner, saying, you must be saved, you must be saved, pray this little prayer. No, he's building relationship with them. He's seeing them day after day. He's probably having meals with them. They see him during the week. You know what he's doing during the week when he's not in the synagogue? He's out there earning his living. How's he earning his living? He's making tents. He's at the marketplace there. He has to buy material. He's making talits. 
He's making these things and selling it in the marketplace. He's rubbing shoulders with everyone. He's selling things. They're bartering. They say, well, I, 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 should, I think it should be a few less drachmas than what you want. Rav Shaul, Paul. Well, that Talit, oh, I, I think there's a vendor down, down a few more paces. He'll sell it to me even cheaper. So there's, there's bartering going back and forth. See, he's a real person who faces real problems. And if he doesn't work, what happens? He doesn't eat. But he's walking in God's provision. God has given him the ability to work with his hands to provide for himself so he would not be a burden upon those who he's proclaiming the good news. And they can't say to him, well, I know why you're doing this is so that you can get rich off of it. You kidding me? He's out there working. He's out there sweating in the marketplace. And he's, he's selling his goods. And his goods that he's selling is not the gospel. That's going forward free. But he's making tents. He's making talits. He's doing all these things. And they see him when he's having a good day, when he's having a bad day. And they see what he has is real. Just as Pastor John shared in his excellent Torah commentary this morning, he was being a good influence to those all around him. And he was living out the good news. And there was a hope that was within him. And he was influencing these Talmudim. He was teaching them. It was give and take. And that's what a true healthy congregation has give and take. Praise be to God. We're going to end right here for this portion. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for your ability to listen. And I pray that you would take these words to heart, that the same spirit of the living God that came upon these 12 men is waiting to renew you and fill you yet again. We all need new refreshings of the spirit of the living God. And so, Father, we pray right now in Yeshua's name that all God's people throughout this whole earth would have a fresh renewing and filling of the spirit of the living God, that the gifts of the spirit would be manifested in their lives as the spirit of the living God by the authority of God the Father, according to his orchestration of his redemption plan for all mankind and the building of his kingdom, of adopting both sons and daughters from all the nations to be men and women and children born of the Spirit. This is our heart's desire in Yeshua's name. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.